the Central Library. It's awesome. Wait, the cool library downtown? Yeah, it's really cool, the library, and the kids' area is amazing. Okay. There we go. Now you know. 10.30 Wednesdays. I should have said that, should I? Story time. You're really busy now. Don't worry, Ross. Not worried. I made notes. Wow, that's loads of notes. Three of them. We are going to be talking for ages because, as everybody knows, without notes, we have nothing to <laughs> say to each other. Every time I come to your house, I just make sure I have notes. Like, okay, then we're going to talk about this. <laughs> that's a new notebook as well. Oh, I love the sticker on it. Well, we have trivia at the front desk every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I get a trivia question correct, they give me a sticker, and I only have two stickers. Boom, says so, one of them. And the other one is, nailed it. Wow. That's the coolest front desk in the world. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Annie up there is uh, every day making a new one, so sometimes I walk by and I get it right. Occasionally, I know some sort of trivial piece of nonsense. I got yesterday's wrong. I haven't looked at today. Yesterday was, what is the origin of the poinsettia uh, plant. Where does it? Where does that come from? You know what a poinsettia is? Isn't it a flower, like a red something? It's like a red leaf plant that kills cats if they eat it. My two-year-old knows more about plants than I do. I mean, I'm not surprised. The only, like yeah. you know about you know about shortcut grass, and that's about it. Yeah, she's big into dinosaurs. You'd love that. Did we, have we talked about this? I love dinosaurs. I think we have talked about my love of dinosaurs before. Have we talked about her love of dinosaurs? No. To you about your love of dinosaurs? Maybe. I, I should probably like. Wait, <sighs> I might even have. See, you don't even need a note for this. Okay, first of all, I think I have a gift to send with you to her. Ooh, this sounds. Ex- is it money? It's coming out of your pocket. It is a <gasps> pink plastic dinosaur. Wow. There you go. She'll know what that is as well. Is that a triceratops? No, no, no. That is, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's an ankylodon. Oh, okay. I was going to then go for a diplodocus. Hi. But it's very cool. Thank you. She loves this tr- this show called Dinosaur Train on PBS. Oh, yeah. I've heard of this, actually. Dinosaur Train. Dinosaur Train. Dinosaur Train. Dinosaur Train. Yeah. It's, it's tremendous. I don't know why we're talking about this. No, no, no. I'm in. I love it. But there's a guy who does a little educational segment at the end of each story, animated story. Dr. Scott, and she loves it. And, I've interviewed uh, Dr. Scott before. Have you? And I say, who's this, darling? She goes, Dr. Scott, the paleontologist. Oh, my God. And it's just the cutest <laughs> thing in the <laughs> world. Oh, yeah, and she knows stuff like, she says, Daddy, how old's Dr. Scott? I don't, I don't know, probably about 45, 50. I said, how old, she says, Daddy, how old are the dinosaurs? I said, probably millions of years old. She goes, yeah, because they're from the Jurassic. Oh, my God. And you're like, you're two. That's incredible. I know, it's fantastic. Even I don't know this stuff. So <laughs> that brings me back to the point about not knowing about flowers. Is it Dr. My Scott two- Sampson? Huh? Dr. Scott Sampson? Who's, is that his surname? I think so. I just know him as Dr. Scott the Paleontologist. I'm almost sure that I interviewed a guy about... Hi, I'm Dr. Scott the Paleontologist. That's incredible. It's got to be him. Big, big face. Yeah. Flopped down kind of salt and pepper dark hair. It wasn't in person. Oh. Yeah. So... It talks very animated. Okay, kids, get outside, get into nature, and make your own discoveries. Yeah, this is the guy, absolutely. Fabulous. He's such a top <sighs> man. Now, my question is, is he like Dr. Phil, where he's not actually a doctor of anything, and he just uses that title so he can be on TV? As a paleontologist, I'm guessing he probably is. Ah, damn it. I'm like I'm just looking at angles for what I can do in my yeah. next career. Oh, I thought you were just trying to discredit him. No, no, no. I, look, Dr. Scott, totally down. I just want to know if I can get by pretending to know about dinosaurs so that way ah. I can be on Dinosaur Train. 
Wow, that would blow my mind. Uh, that's my. Uh, that'd be a great goal, right? That is the next step in your career. You know, we just put the pieces together of my love of dinosaurs. Like, uh, your kid will have dinosaur train to thank for it. But uh, when I was growing up as a kid, we had. Um, I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and there's a natural history museum there, and it focuses on dinosaurs. And that used to be the thing I would beg my mom to take me to when I was a kid. And so, like, yeah, you take the kid to the dinosaur museum. Of course, museums are a great place to take kids. I guess if they want to go, like, if they don't want to, it's boring. But like I'd be like, let's go to the dinosaur museum, mom. And she'd be like, okay. <laughs> I said to my boss Leslie about that, and she was like, well, that explains a lot. Mm-hmm. I never considered that like going and looking at dinosaur fossils was like so fundamental in my now immaturity as a full-grown adult. Well, exactly. At the age of 64, you're still way up there. But I bet you go to the Pacific Science Center a lot, then, don't you, and hang out with the dinosaurs there. I haven't been as much as I'd like to. Mm, I think they move and everything. I think it's because of the internet, though. I think that's what it is, uh, is that now I can like look up dinosaur stuff all the time. Spoils everything, that World Wide Web. I don't have much of a voice today, Ross. It's crazy. We had a we had our big uh, winter concert yesterday. It was Deck the Hall Ball. Yeah, how was it? It was right during this band called Band of Horses. They're fantastic. You should look them up. Um, and I was like, yeah, and then my voice, you can barely hear that, just like that. My voice did that as I was yelling. I was like, well, there we go. I just looked right well, at my wife and was like... You do realize when you've got uh, thousands of people in a stadium, you have something called a microphone, which projects your voice, and speakers I'm not in, with which people can hear. Yeah, I'm not in Band of Horses, though. I was just cheering. Uh, I was just a fan. Oh, I thought you were introducing them or something and doing, being, the, being the whoop man, the, the hype guy, man at the front. Whoop, whoop. The guy lives in uh, South Carolina now. They used to live here, and but he's like, hey, y'all, great to see you. Oh, we always <laughs> dreamed of playing at Key Arena, now here we are. It was like a, it was so fun. They're, so, they're, they're such like kind of... Uh, they sound like kind of like good old boy Hicks. Like, yeah, uh, ah, fantastic. But, I love it. So my voice is down. Um, That's good for a radio host yeah, to have a voice. Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, not good. No wonder there's only three notes in there. You want yeah. this to be done quickly, <laughs> like, don't you? That's well, what it is. That's the real deal here. Ross, it's been great having you after six minutes now. <laughs> have, have a look. Go Sounders. Goodbye. Um, it's uh, it's uh, Jersey Week. Um, is what I'm doing to celebrate the Sounders going to the MLS Cup. I started on Monday. What's wearing... that going to do with the Big East Coast City? Uh, Terrible joke about um, Jersey. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. We're not talking about garbage, Ross. Jeez. Mm. Um, and Jersey Week, I've discovered something about Jersey Week. Jersey mm. Week is the number one way to make yourself realize what a fat piece of crap you are. I was I was going to be really cruel then, the refrain. I was about to say that you realized this, this shirt was a lot less tight a year ago. Yeah, right. That's just, or even two months ago, before I got <laughs> married, like I worked out really hard and then like... I just uh, I wore I wore one yesterday to deck the hall ball. I wore my Sounders jersey. Got a, it's interesting the people that go out of their way to be like, yeah, go Sounders because everyone's always ramming Seahawks at you. And so being kind of the third team of Seattle, like the Sounders fans definitely find each other. Like I got like there was like vendors and and the concession lady yelled at me, and it was like a lot of fun to have that. Good. Plus at one point, um, our friend Heidi from the Sounders, uh, formerly the Sounders, gave us uh, gave me a custom printed Gregor Sounders jersey. Now I don't know about you, but like I don't play. For for the Sounders, so I would never presume to put my own name onto one, onto a jersey, and then wear that around because that's like what Brad Evans gets to do. Shout yeah, to I, ne- I never quite get that. I'd rather support the guy that I like the most, or well, oh, your big- wife would. That's for sure with with Brad oh, Evans. God, and then we got that autograph for her. Oh my God, it's mm. a. Uh, I'm mad at Brad Evans though right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Breaking news: mm-hmm. he was in the he was in the building yesterday to uh, go to KISW, our sister station, and I was like, he was tweeting back and forth with us, having a good time. I didn't know he was here though, and then I see KSW be like, "Thanks for Brad Evans for coming in," and I'm like, "What are you doing? Hello, you, come da- come downstairs." 
Hello. Just we kidding. broadcast some of your games on yeah. our air, and you're not standing here with me. God, I just, I could, I'm down to like be the. I'll, I'll even be the second station. That's fine. I just like get down here, man. People love We're you. Just here. rude. So, man. Brad Evans, I'm mad at you right now. Not really, though, because you're still the best. Um, yeah, so Jersey Week has been tough, man. Every time I catch a wrong angle of myself, I'm like, literally two months ago, Jersey Week would have been perfect. I was in great shape, and already I'm becoming just You're in the comfort marriage zone now. Hashtag man boobs. It's just, it's just wear a Christmas sweater over the top. It's all good. Now, I've got some questions for you here, Ross. Okay. One, your team back home in the UK is Nottingham Forest, right? It's very quietly. Whisper quietly. People still lynch me back home for calling games on their biggest rival 10 years ago. (laughs) Oh, really? They're still mad at you? No, they never knew. And now you've just outed me. What? I think you've outed yourself on this before, to be fair. Okay, so whatever your mystery team is in the UK, (laughs) they're not in the Premier League. No. So how do you follow that? Does anyone show it? Do you have to just look at the internet? How do you keep in touch with your team? Be in sports. One of the, the channels over here shows, I think, a game a week. But it's just not worth it, and so are they it, championship? Yes, they're, they're championship second tier. Yeah, and the real way you follow is is online, basically. Yeah, like you were just mentioning about the World Wide Web. There's Ugh. so much stuff out there these days. Go on, you can get hold of loads. <laughs> yeah, did you not know? At the touch of a button, click of a finger. Wow. Yeah, you just follow it online. You don't really see much. You yeah. can follow it. if you want. You can subscribe to the team, which shows highlights and then delayed ninety minutes of the games and stuff. But yeah, I'm not kind of that that into it these days. So you just kind of like know what the general story is. You follow from a distance. And... You're interested in the storylines, but yeah. So I mean, does the Sounders then become your home team? Sort of. Is that kind of how that works then? I don't know. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, your your team in England is always your team. Yeah, that's it's so. weird how like um here like if you're from a few American cities, there's like a few football teams that you could never betray. Like if you're from Wisconsin. You're a Packers fan. You have to be a Packers the fan, end. right? Like it doesn't matter. That's like uh, it doesn't matter where you move or and what people, you do. Yeah, people do give 49ers fans here a bit of stick, don't yeah, they? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if, There's if, a lot of crossover between the two cities too. I think people move up here from San Francisco. And that's like, if you're in Portland, apparently you support the Seahawks, right? But but then when it comes to soccer, you can't support anybody other than the Timbers. Or, or even with basketball, like Seattle people tend to not support Portland basketball because you even though there's no Sonics you're still you still hate the Blazers. And then Seattle folk will support um Vancouver when it comes to hockey. Yeah. So there's all sorts of weird tribalisms. Yeah, it's very strange like where we're willing to look one way or the other. It's uh Okay, so like, so following Forrest, then I'm or whatever your non-specific team is. <laughs> That's like I just think of it as being so challenging, especially with uh, BN Sports. Like you said, only showing one game a week. I figured something out finally. Go on. I tape uh, our tape. That's such an old. Idea. I love it though. Come um, on, these those are phrases that should never die. What do you call that? There's like a that's like DVR. A, yeah, I, I DVR'd the the uh, uh, like motorcycle racing, for instance, and half the time on BN Sports, it's. The English feed and half time half the time it's the Spanish feed and every time it's the Spanish feed I just delete it because I'm like well screw this <laughs> I tried to watch El Clasico the other day between Real Madrid and FC Barcelona in the Spanish language that's better quite often for soccer well I like uh, what's his name uh, Roy Ray uh, Hudson Ray Hudson yeah crazy man Roy Hodgson is the former uh, England, England coach yeah, yeah. Ray Hudson is the crazy former soccer I, player from England I love Ray Hudson I think he he uses some like really awesome color colorisms or whatever he comes. Out with so many superlatives and phrases, That's what I'm looking for. you've got to wonder whether they're 
quote, scripted ad-libs, yeah. if you know what I mean. Because if they're in his mind, yeah. when he comes up with this wonderful illustrative phrase of a touch of a, a button to describe a, a play, you have to say he's the world's genius. Yeah. He's the biggest genius. Yeah, if he's just pulling that out of nowhere, yeah, he's the David Copperfield of... I mean, I feel good when I say a little phrase like once a game. In a play by yeah. my mind. Oh, I'm really proud of that one. Well, oh, no, how that, did I dredge that one out of my mind? That oh, no. Put yeah. that, add that to the real. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, well, so I think like when I'm trying to get better at radio, I know it's hard to believe that I ever you try. You could ever peak any higher than right now. Thank you. That's that's the opposite of your usual angle. Um, but like I'll spend <laughs> like... Sarcasm, um, Greg. I'll spend... F- oh, I know, I'm terrible <laughs> at that. Five minutes a day for like a week or two weeks just like working on like uh, my analogy or my metaphor. I just work on that stuff. Simile, writing a lot of that stuff down. Um, and then I find like a couple weeks later after that exercise, I can pull them faster without having to have something written or whatever, mm-hmm. which is, it feels mm-hmm. good or whatever. So I can only imagine that that guy either is writing a lot in his free time or a genius. Yeah. But I always want to get to his commentary if I'm watching um, Spanish soccer. So finally, I was so sick of it. At the bottom of the screen, it said, available in SAP, the Spanish translation. For English, go to the SAP mode. So it switches. <laughs> and so it, I looked it up how to do it on Comcast. If you have X1, you can switch over to the English version. And sure enough, 41 minutes into the game, suddenly I have the opposing commentary. And then we leave at the halftime, and I got four minutes of the game. <laughs> or whatever. But it was fantastic to watch BN Sports and actually be able to, with the English commentators that I love to hear. So that's cool. For anyone that's trying to watch and they are confused why sometimes it's in Spanish and English, there's usually another feed that you can switch over to if you are using. I actually endorse Comcast, but I, this is a thing where I'm like, <laughs> I genuinely use this for this purpose. So um, if. For, I mean, the team that you support in England in the championship, if they were to go to a championship match mm-hmm. for to, for promotion, this is yeah, the chance yeah, that they, yeah. if they win this, they're going to... Where would someone in your circumstances in England watch that match? Is it at home? Is there a pub that everyone gathers at? Would they go outside the stadium like when the Cubs were playing and everyone would go and watch on the screens out there? How would that be handled? Well, I'll take an example of when I called a game like that, which was Derby County in their championship playoff to get into the Premier League in 2006. Okay. 2007? 2006, I think. The Derby Derby, I remember I think 2007. that. 2007. It was a 2006-07 season, I think. And it was a huge occasion because oh. they missed the top two, which was automatic promotion. Mm-hmm. But then they had to go into the playoffs, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth playoff for one extra spot Holy crap! to get promoted. It's really cool at the end of the season. It keeps interest alive for more teams. And they got to the playoff final... And that's always played at a national stadium, Wembley Stadium. Cool. So every big international game for England is played at one stadium, which is which is unusual for for America to consider. But this one place, Wembley Stadium, ninety thousand gleaming, almost a billion dollar stadium in North London, and then all these other big games are played there too, like FA Cup finals, sure. League Cup finals, and then the playoff finals. And so thirty three thousand Derby fans went down. None really went to hang around outside the stadium. But then, yeah, there'd be watch parties in pubs. Okay. And obviously, everybody has access to it on TV pretty much. So it's a mix, really. But what are we talking about commute to get there? Like, if you're. It's a two hour commute, but 33,000 people is more than a tenth of the population of the city. So it's a reasonable chunk of the city that goes. Like, an eighth of the city went down 
to Wembley Stadium to go and watch them play. It's like the Euros with Iceland, where a, th- a tenth of the population <laughs> of Iceland was in Europe. For yeah, well, that. that's the thing. Almost everybody in Iceland, except I think 276 people, watched the game. <laughs> in the country when they were physically <laughs> in Iceland because they can meter it all because the country's only a quarter of a million people. So that we here's how it went when the um, when we found out that it was going to be Toronto playing in the MLS Cup final against the Sounders on Saturday. Um, we booked a flight knowing that we had 24-hour cancellation without having to pay a penalty and started looking for tickets. And a friend of mine who works with the organization was like, I'll get you tickets, don't worry about it, no sweat. And I was like, great! And so I hit him up in the morning and was like, all right, so bought a plane ticket. How about those tickets? And he was like, JK, I can't actually do that. <sighs> Have a nice life. And I was like, well, you saved me $2,000. So the difference being if you're coming down from Derby County on a two-hour train ride that costs you 60 bucks or something yeah, like that yeah, yeah. versus the $900 per ticket to fly to Toronto, the 700 or 600 bucks to fly to Detroit, then rent a car and drive through Canada to get to Toronto, who knows in what conditions. I don't have any snow driving experience. Mm-hmm. It suddenly became like, a, well, you kind of saved me two grand here, dude, by not coming through on these uh, tickets from me. But then sure enough, as it worked out I found other ways to go and I'm like it's too late now though we don't have a hotel room anymore everything's gonna cost a third more right well this person who was your friend is no longer your friend now clearly he's dead to me Uh, but um was he Brad Evans no No, I'm just mad at Brad Evans he's not he's not dead to me but so now the now the reality is where as a Sounders fan that's not traveling do I go to watch the match? Well, there's so many places or traditional kind of viewing places. By the way, yeah, tickets sold out on general sailing side three minutes yeah. for MLS Cup final between Toronto and the Sounders. That's great news for the league. For sure. But there will be places, the traditional Sounders pubs where people go yeah. and watch road games. But I don't will know. Will be slammed like Atlantic Crossing. Yeah. Uh, and then down in Fremont as well. Yeah, Market I just don't Arms know. in Ballard will be yeah. really rammed. But then again, that's part of the atmosphere, isn't it? You want to be in a collective where other... I want to have a like-minded seat, fans are. I, I got oh, a bad you're back. Such an old man. I know. I'm fine with that. Well, I gotta... stay at home then. Watch it with your cat. Oh, Peanut does not care for soccer. So, <laughs> um, I mean, that could be a possibility. We were talking about going to the Flatstick Pub in, um, in the new one in Pioneer Square and watching that. But we're thinking about the reality of that as on a Saturday, five o'clock game. Probably got to be there like three thirty, three three thirty, to make sure that we get somewhere to hang out, either belly up to the bar or a table or something like that. But if we get a big enough group, then we can manage the space pretty well. It sounds like it could be pretty opportune. I just don't know if I want to watch it at home where I can hear it and yell at the TV and like be in my own understand what's actually going on. Yeah, being being my own sweatpants just at home. If that's what what it comes down to, what would you do? What what are you gonna do? Uh, where am I this weekend? And my friend's 40th birthday party. Oh, man, really? Yes. Okay. And you only have one 40th birthday party when you're a really good friend, so so we're going to watch it there. Okay. Okay, cool. So at least that's going on. All right. So you have... uh, And they'll let you watch it? That's the thing? Is your friend a Sounders fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're, they're all going to watch it anyway, so... Okay. Yeah. All right. Just making sure. (laughs) Yeah, because I haven't made up my mind yet, man. Uh, Some of my friends were like, we could get the karaoke place down the street to put it on, and that'd be a fun place to watch. And I was like... But down the street for them is across town for me, and that Uber ride home is going to be pricey. So I'm like trying to weigh this out. I don't know what to do. Well, it's cheaper than a cheap thousand dollar plane ticket put it that way that's a great way to look at spend 50 bucks or whatever no big deal it's all an opportunity this cost. is when i wish the wife would drive uh because then she could like uh oh just let her drive in no i shouldn't condone that uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah just take get a bike or something 
I think you can still get a uh, get popped for that for riding a bike intoxicated. Oh, that, oh, did, a, oh you're going to be totally intoxicated. I thought it was all about the cost. No, um, no, no. I mean, oh, well, it we'll is about the cost, but on, t- on top of the idea that, like, if it was, well, I've got a friend who works for Lyft. Maybe they could get you a discount. <sighs> Give me the discount codes. That's what I want, man. That sounds. That's a good gig, man. That's a good like <laughs> little side side gig to have. Now, does your friend drive for Lyft or? No, works for them, but they're encouraged to drive. So to get an idea of the business, that's smart to be. I like think there. it's a good idea actually that you work for this company. As a soccer need- commentator, they don't encourage you to go play twenty minutes, right? They're I, not like I, come I, off the bench. I wish seven in the seventieth. I have, wish have your headset still on via Bluetooth. You're like uh, you're commentating while you're playing. That would be incredible, wouldn't it? It'd yeah. be awful for the people listening. All they get Fletcher De Ladero. <laughs> <laughs> Help take me off. That's about it. Also, I want the um, the referees when they're mic'd up. I want to hear what the what's going on there. I want the feed to be recorded so I can hear what they're yelling at the players when the players come up and they're yelling in Spanish at the guy and he's talking back to them like, "No, that would be funny." They do mic up the coaches these days. I want but, all of it. I want um, everyone mic'd up, man. I, I like. You can control what you release, so that way it's not just them saying like terrible things to one another. Like, okay, you like need to like hit the brakes on that. But at the same time, I want to hear what's going on down there. All right. Well, maybe one day when you're the commissioner. Yeah, I'm going for it. That's my next career. I'll be the next Don Garber. Is that who does it? With Brad Evans as your deputy. We'll see. So he can make you coffee. He's kind of on my get bad you. side right now. Well, that's the point. You can be your deputy to make you Evans! coffee. You can get back at him. This coffee cup's not filling itself. Yeah. Okay. I can see it happening. I'm going to get my Kovar jersey on just to piss Brad Evans off. <laughs> um, it doesn't um, It doesn't snow commonly in England, right? Uh, Depends where you're at. Uh, put it this way. Whenever it does snow, the news networks go into a frenzy. Okay, so it's like, wow, yeah. there's some weather. We have an inch of white stuff. On the floor, the entire country has ground to a halt. Well, I remember that one season, it was three or four years ago, where they did call off a Sunday of soccer or football there because it was snowing everywhere and they had to just shut down. Mm -hmm, It does happen. Um, You get snow probably every year. Okay. It never really... Depends where you're at You don't get Bostonian-style snow where it's drifts of five, six, seven, eight feet. Yeah. But you get a dusting. Occasionally you'll get a little foot of snow somewhere. Everyone gets their sledges out or sleds out and goes crazy with it. Grand yeah, and, then, get, yeah. and then the news networks. It's unbelievable. It's like there's no other news. Round the clock coverage of Snowmageddon. Like, basically, we're going to go from one place in one part of the country. Yes, there's snow here to somewhere else. Oh, we've got snow here. And let's go somewhere else. Oh, we've got snow. I mean, on and on. Ad nauseum. Yeah. I know there's snow. Yeah. That isn't news. It's If it rains, there's water. I mean, <laughs> are you going to report that? Yes, it's raining. Here we are in downtown Seattle. So I'm from the desert where it's regularly for, you know, seven weeks at a time, somewhere between 99 and 110 degrees. And that's just every day. You look at the, let's look at the seven-day forecast. It's like, we don't need to. Hot. Yeah, it's just like, is it going to be triple digits or not? Are you going to die if you're outside for more than 12 hours? Yeah, it's like, that's the... Th- so... Um, my friends and I will always get real mad when they'd be like, let's look at the weather other places. Like, because there's not enough weather here to cover. They'd be like, ooh, look at that in Boston. It's raining today. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, like, keeping yeah, the weatherman in business. Yeah, because busy. Yeah, cause otherwise it would be like, the weather today, hot, tomorrow also hot, wear sunscreen. 
or sun cream, sun lotion. If you're and let's face it, a lot of local news networks rely on their weather forecaster to fill a lot of airtime. I love it because and have... here's the weather, but we're going to tell you again what the weather's like in ten minutes' time, and then in ten minutes' time after that, we're going to say exactly the same thing again. Have a little bit of jokey banter with the news presenter because that fills more time. And it's awkward because they don't know how to do it. There's no ad libbing. <laughs> They're like reading scripts only. It's my favorite part of the news, of course. <laughs> now, um, final winter-related question for you. Uh, I saw this film for the first time uh, over the Thanksgiving weekend. Um, is there any other winter movie or a movie that's as popular, if not more popular, than Love Actually? Oh, that's an interesting one. It's a Brit- Love Actually, for yeah. the For the Britons. I mean, there are obviously movies... That's a big one. Yeah. That is a big one. I can't, um, I can't think of... First the, of all, what was The Holiday? Hmm. What was that one? No, I can't remember too much about that. But the big one in the UK that's shown every Christmas Eve yeah. on a TV channel called Channel 4, a terrestrial sure. TV channel, at about 3.40 to 4pm, is The Snowman. <laughs> you heard of that? The yeah. animated film, The Snowman? It's not Frosty the Snowman? Oh, it's wonderful. No, it's just so gentle. It's, there's, there's no dialogue in it at all. I'm trying to Whoa, remember. Really? That sounds awesome. Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's from what the 70s or 80s, maybe. Um, Did you guys have the Grinch that stole Christmas? Did you have stuff like that growing no, up? Not really. Not me, anyway. Did you have like Rudolph or any of that stuff, or like Rudolph, the, as in the Red Nosed Reindeer? Yeah, we know him. I mean, but did you have like the you know the claymation ones, the no, like the old no. staple 60s American television? No, I don't think we did. Um, but. Finally, something that I can bring up as an example that you don't know about. I found it. The Snowman by Raymond Briggs. Good old Ray Briggs. Raymond Briggs. It's a classic in the UK. Uh, released 26th of December 1982. And as a child, every Christmas Eve, I'd yeah. sit down and watch that. Sure. So that's the big Christmas story. Did film. you have the Christmas story? The Ralphie and the Midwestern Christmas that was that's played here 24 hours a day on TBS for... No, uh, I don't think so. Uh, you got to watch that one. That's no. like the American, if you grew up in the 80s, that's like... It's on every... TBS plays it round ha- the clock for... Home Alone. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. I Oof. mean, come on. Home Alone. Okay, good old Kevin. Kevin! That wouldn't happen today. I saw a great meme about that, about how if it was like, where is everybody? He would just text and like, oh my God, Kevin, we'll turn right back around and come get you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No burglary. I mean, actually, the burglary would have been a success had that worked out like that. That would have been a tragic story. Not one that ends with hope and, and light. That's crazy. Okay, so- Don't um, get too dark on this. It's so, Christmas. Now, I guess what we're supposed to talk about in this, other than just Christmas movies and whatnot, is the fact that the Sounders are going to their first ever MLS Cup. We've hosted one here at CenturyLink Field before. RSL won that against someone that I can't remember. LA Galaxy 2009. God, I just can't stand the Galaxy. Aren't they in the same division, or was that before divisions? Yeah, they were in the same division, yeah. That's weird. How would that happen? I think... Yeah, they must Yeah, be. they had a really funky, this is before my time in the US, but having read up on it, they had a really funky way of doing the playoffs where you could have a Western team finishing somehow on the <laughs> other side of the bracket because of their placing in the conference. Because they didn't have enough teams to make it work out, uh, right? Yeah, who knows? MLS. Um, but it's... Unfortunately, the game couldn't happen here because Montreal couldn't keep their act together. That's unfortunate. So the Sounders are traveling to Toronto, I think even today or 
today or tomorrow to get out there and get acclimated to being on the East Coast. Couple questions. How big of a disadvantage is playing all the way in Toronto for a Sounder squad? Oh, big. Anytime you're on the road, you're not the favorite. Yeah. Because at home, and this year particularly, MLS has proved that the vast majority of teams playing at home win their games. Hmm. So that means the vast majority of teams that travel don't. It's a one-off game, so you don't have to read too much into that trend. But the idea of being at home, home comforts and everything has always been a huge advantage in the sport. So it's a big disadvantage. They've got to travel. They're there a couple of days early. It's unfamiliar, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's Canadian. Do they even speak Canadian? I don't even know if they... I'm not sure if they get past Border Patrol with that kind of attitude. Yeah, I don't know. Um, they better brush up quickly. Yeah. At least it's English-speaking Canada. <sighs> so it's a disadvantage. And the ESPN-SPI system, which ranks the percentage chance of winning... Oh, boy. I don't believe in it too big, because it doesn't take into account injuries and lots of other things. But it said... Seattle are something like 35% likely to win the game. But if they'd been at home, it would have been 60-something percent. Well, in America, underdogs win all the time, Ross. <laughs> it's the dream. The Sounders are making the MLS great again. That's what's happening. <laughs> That's my prediction. Oh, my. So, But, I mean, how about just the time difference alone, just being in Toronto? How many days do you need to offset the fact that you're on East Coast time? That travel is such... Like, a lot of these guys that come across from England to play their twilight years and the MLS find out that, like, yeah, it's hard to play A in the summer and B to travel all the way to Orlando from the West Coast and have to be in on time. In coach class. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll, charter, they'll charter a plane there, so it'll be more comfortable for them. I don't think it'll be a huge problem. They're used to traveling for East Coast games on a Thursday. Then they train on a Friday with a light session, then play on the Saturday. And with a three-hour difference, it doesn't really make too much uh, of a problem because you know sometimes you're playing in the evening, sometimes you're playing in the afternoon. That's yeah, whether sure. you're on the West Coast or the East Coast. So a three-hour time difference doesn't take too much. But I did hear from someone the other day, because I travel a lot back to the UK, that it takes an hour a day to get rid of jet lag. So if you travel for an eight-hour time difference, it takes eight days oh, to get wow. over your jet lag. Wow. Obviously, they're going three hours. But I don't think three hours makes that much of a difference. Okay, yeah. Because like you said, that's a good point about what time it starts and everything. It's yeah. probably more nerves than anything. It's more over, more over the weather, I think, that will be the issue. It's going to be cold, really cold. Well, so advantage, I mean, that's kind of negated, I feel like, because it has been so freaking cold here and the team has still had to practice in the mornings and stuff like it feels like it's but will nicholas ladero's hamstrings feel nice and warm playing in 25 degree weather they'll have brad evans doing the mr miyagi (laughs) rubbing his hands together (laughs) and then like come here ladero exactly it's the same for everybody of course because they're all out on the field at the same time but you just wonder yeah sebastian javinko who's the toronto star yeah it's probably more used to playing in cold weather because he's used to playing in Italy during the winter. Sure. And that's not freezing cold, but it's cold. Yeah. And then you look at Ladero, and he only had a brief time at Ajax in, in the Netherlands before going back to Argentina. And the climate, obviously, in Argentina is much more warm and favourable than Toronto ever will be. They're only really small things. It's all about who performs best on the day when the bright lights go on, who turns up and who wants it more. It inevitably boils down to that true sporting maxim of it's a battle of wills yeah whose will will be stronger on the day can torres and marshall can you think of a better pairing to try and handle a big brute like josie altador that's a good question i think that will be a big battle to be able to stop him the issue then is will they be able to deal with the, the pace and the trickery of 
Sebastian Jovinko, yeah. who last year was the league MVP, ran away with it. He would have won it again this year if it wasn't for a mid-season injury, which held him out of quite a few games. Not to say that David Veer didn't deserve his MVP sure. award, which he got this week, but um, Sebastian Jovinko is the real one to look out for. Mm. Josie Altador is the battering ram, will try and knock the door down, and then Jovinko is the guy that will just sashay through it. How about your battle between, say, like an Ozzy and Bradley? Yeah, good battle. Um, I think they're pretty evenly paired. Yeah, you won't necessarily. This is the thing. You always look at those guys and think, that's going to be a real midfield battle. But actually on the field where they play, yeah. they won't be going head-to-head necessarily because... Bradley's going to play more defensive. Well, Aussie plays defensively. And Bradley, I mean, he does get forward a bit for Toronto, but majority of his career he's a deep lying midfielder so and they're kind of so will they cancel each other out it might be something like Jonathan Azorio against Ozzy Alonso and Azorio is a decent Canadian guy has come off the bench a fair bit rather than starting in recent times but is seen as one of their more flair players but they're good battles I think all over the field the issue for Toronto is whether they can cope with the Sounders forwards and Seattle have been scoring at a reasonable clip. Just hope Jordan Morris is fully fit. But Toronto concede too many goals. They conceded three at Montreal in their Eastern Conference final first leg. Mm-hmm. Then they conceded more in the home leg as well and had to score five to be able to make it absolutely certain to go through. So I worry for Toronto that they just simply won't be able to keep a clean sheet. You think uh, Stefan Fry has any advantage having come through Toronto to Seattle? I think he's got huge motivation. Oh, yeah. That's what he's got. You've got to remember, as a former Toronto player, yeah. he played one MLS game in his last two years. That's not because of anything Toronto did, but because he had a horrible couple of injuries. Really horribly broke his ankle, then it was a hand injury the season after, and that's kept him out largely. Those two years, wasted two years. But... He's got motivation to go back and say, look, this is the team that didn't keep me. I'm now on a different side, coming back into the old house. Uh, I'm going to darn well make sure that I get the job done. Who needs to have a performance from Seattle to make it make the difference? As always, you're looking to your designated players. You're looking to Nicholas Ladero to spark them. You're looking to Jordan Morris to score the goals. Maybe even Nelson Valdez. That's who, kind of my dark horse. Yeah, having had a horrific season, not scoring in the regular season, yeah. comes into the playoffs and scores two in three days to help Seattle through that winner but that's been against a, Sporting six Kansas months City. Ago already now. It seems a long time ago because these playoffs are very stop start. So if you're looking for people to step up, yeah, as as match winners, Nelson Valdez in his career. He's played at a higher level in MLS, a much higher level. So you're looking for him to use that now and that experience in a one-off game yeah. to try and make a difference. Two Mexican guys yesterday at Deck the Hall Ball came up to me and they're like, hey, Sounders! And I was like, yeah. And they're like, what do you think for Saturday? And I was like, Sounders 2-1. And they're like, two? Who, where are your goals coming from? And I thought uh, Ladero is a guy that you can look to at least cause a lot of trouble, I think, on Saturday. And then I was like, I think Valdez is going to be the other guy. Okay. I don't think anyone's going to be ready for that. And they're, they're both of them went, ha, 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 ha. Oh, you're funny. It's going to be Jordan Morris, obviously. Yeah. The, the one dark horse for me beyond Valdez is, is Ozzy Alonso. Oh, that would be incredible. Like a Steven Gerrard-style 30-yard boot just from there outside the box. And ah. you saw the emotion on Ozzy Alonso's face yeah. when he was subbed off injured in the second leg of the of the Western Conference final against yeah. Colorado, how amped he was in those final minutes when he knew the side was going through. Yeah. That was amazing. And he is a player for the big occasion. 
I can see Ozzy Alonso stepping up from 35 yards and smashing one into the top corner. It's just what he does. He did that tremendously well against Spurs in a mid-season friendly last year. Yeah. Top corner bomb. He did it in the regular season when they tore apart LA Galaxy yeah. at the StubHub Centre, middle end of this season. He has that in his locker. Those big moments call for big players and big plays, and Ozzy Alonso is certainly capable. First 20 minutes of the match on Saturday, what do you want to have seen from the Sounders to consider it the right start? Well, I think... A balance to their game. They want to be able to be solid defensively. Feel their way into the match. As I mentioned, I don't think Toronto can go without conceding a goal. So they can afford to be patient. And they'll probably expect something of an early onslaught from Toronto in their first ever final, like Seattle. But the expectations have been huge for 10 years on them as the worst franchise in the league for a couple of seasons, if not more, to now being the big guys at home, looking to get it done for Canada. So I think they'll have to weather an early storm, play conservatively early on Seattle, and then find their way into the game. Use the outlet pace of Jordan Morris, use Valdez to hold the ball up, try and find some opportunities from there, and then I think from then they've got a real chance of doing it. Do you foresee Prime Minister Justin Trudeau being there to support... (laughs) Their soccer club. I have no idea. If it seems like the cool thing to do, yeah. then yeah, he'll probably be there. Okay. I want to see him there. It'll be a distraction, though. I think it'll be like, uh, he's very handsome, so I think, <laughs> careful, gentlemen. <laughs> Don't be distracted. Um, finally, Roman Torres has been such a positive influence for the spirit of the club, but oftentimes finds himself a couple yards on the wrong side of uh, of of the of the forward that's coming at him or something that can lead to a little leaky defense at the wrong times. You think that guy's got what it takes to step up and deliver uh, in the MLS Cup with well, that pressure? He's played on bigger stages when sure. he was the captain of Panama in the Gold Cup and they reached the semifinals in 2015. He was a real leader for Panama then against Mexico and they were hard done by and um, I think he yeah he has the the experience of those moments sure just hoping he keeps his cool keeps his head and we've seen in the playoffs the referees ref it differently <laughs> to the detriment of the game actually all of a sudden they've got a different law book you know, really they don't want to brandish cards because they don't want to be seen as somebody who has a significant influence on the outcome, they want the players to be able to decide that. But you've got to have that discipline. He has been caught on the wrong side a couple of times with, with disciplinary issues. Yellow cards here or there, but you're right. It's about concentration. But he's shown before he can step up in bigger games than this and deliver. So he's going to have to do that again. Can't wait. Saturday, 5 p.m. Oh, my God. It's going to be nerve-wracking. I can't imagine what it's going to be like if they can pull it off or how deflating it's going to be if they can't. Overall, would you call the season a win? No, you got to win an MS Cup.